Now, I have a question for you all. How many of you have ever tried to do something? Okay, you say, I'm going to do, do this, whatever it may be, and then you go to do it and you realize you don't know how. Right? Like when I was in, when I was in chemistry class, my teacher used to do this. She would give us the homework and then explain it the next day after we were supposed to have done it. So you'd get home and you'd have your homework and I'd be like, I can't do this. Like, I don't know how to do this. And so it was dumb. I didn't learn any chemistry. Um, I passed it, but I don't remember a thing from it. So, except for pi. I remember pi day, March, thir- March 14th. That's all I remember from chemistry. I think we did, actually. Anyways, I think there was a mole day, too, but I don't remember what that one was. Anyways, so, 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 I'm also like this with cars. Like, if you know me, I'm not good with cars. So if you ever see, like, somebody with car troubles and everybody's just kind of standing around the hood and I'm standing there, I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm just like, yep, that's an engine. There it is. Yep, there's where you check the oil. I know that one. That's about all I know. Like, so sometimes we go to do something we realize we don't know how to do it. Well, in church, we hear the term quiet time a lot, right? You guys have heard me talk about it probably quite often, um, Sometimes every week for a few in a row, I'll mention quiet time, okay? But you may not know what exactly that means. Like, what does it mean to have quiet time? Like, I, I don't know. So, t- so tonight, we're, no, it's not like kindergarten quiet time where you play the quiet game. No, that's not what we're talking about exactly. Um, so we are going to talk about kind of what that looks like, okay? So we're in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. I'll read the whole thing, and then we'll kind of go one at a time. So, um, We're in chapter 6, starting in verse 5. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's the scripture, okay? So, so Jesus is talking about prayer here. He's talking about quiet time. We're going to go through kind of quickly here. We're just going to kind of dig we're just kind of dig into this kind of a few verses at a time and see how do we apply this to our lives. Like how can we apply this whole thing to our quiet time. So what does he say first? Verse 5 and 6. The first thing he says is this. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by men. Then he goes on and says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And he who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see, prayer is not about what other people can see, okay? This is kind of why it's called quiet time, because it's about just us and God. It's not about us and everybody else and God. It's about us and God. You know, if you have uh, somebody that you're a, you're a friend with, okay, if you're friends with somebody, you spend time one-on-one with them. Now, now, we all have those friends that we only see in group situations. You know, like you got those people that you only see at school, right? And they're your friend, but... You don't see them outside of that. You see them in class or on your team or in, you know, in the hallway or whatever or at lunch. But you never hang out with them outside of school. How many of you can think of somebody right now who, who that applies to, right? Like you've got a friend that you see, and they're, they're more of an acquaintance, right? Yeah, like, I was going to say, you probably have a bunch of them. But your really, like, closest friends, your very best friends are the ones you hang out with outside of school, right? You know, when I was in high school, I was in a big band. You know, we had uh, about 300 people in our, in our high school band. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, we had 300 people. It was huge. Um, and, you know, I called a lot of them my friends. You know, I mean, I can name hundreds. I can name 100 people from the band probably without thinking that hard that I would consider friends or acquaintances or whatever. But of the ones I hung out with outside of school, outside of band, it's like, okay, Mike, Christina, Rachel, Scott, Tom, John, Josh, you know, only a few that I can think of that I hung out with outside with. Now I talked about two of them. Like, I still talk to Christina. Uh, I still talk to Rachel every once in a blue moon, not very often. Um, some of them I just, like, Facebook interact with, you know, like, we just comment on each other. Was Wesley my friend? No, not when I was in high school. No. Yeah. There's a difference between a sibling and a friend. You know, the older you, I find that the older you get, the more you become, like, legit friends. Um, Wes and I now I would consider way more friends than we were back then. But uh, it's true. Wes would agree. See, he's agreeing back there. So, so anyways, quiet time is about relationship. It's not about what other people see us do. So before we get to anything else about quiet time, we got to know it's a one-on-one thing. It's just about us and God. It's not about a big, hairy show or a big deal for everyone to see. Verses 7 and 8, he says, And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, because your Father knows what you need before you know. How many of you know somebody, and don't you even say me, who can just talk forever, right? And I, not including me, not including me. You can talk forever, that's true. A couple Sundays ago when I was preaching on a Sunday morning, uh, I was talking to Canada about it later. And uh, she, said, she came in from the bathroom or something like that and heard me in the middle of a story. And she told me her first thought was, oh, man, Tony tells long stories. And I was like, oh, dang, that's the reputation I have as a speaker. That's cool. So, uh, but that, that's what people do when, when they're trying to pray in public and they want to be seen, you know, is they say this long prayer with lots of big words and maybe lots of these and thous. And there's nothing wrong with using these and thous in your prayer. Um, but, you know, we don't have to babble on and on and on and on and on and on and on, on, okay? We don't have to. We don't have to list every little thing. You know, you hear little kids pray, right? And they're like, and bless mommy and daddy and the dog and the cat and the goldfish and grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle and cousin Ted and cousin Sue, and, right? When we're little, we do that, okay, because we don't really know what else to do. And you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about, right, because you've heard that, okay? You've probably done that at some point. You still do that. Okay, well, check this out. The Bible says... We don't have to list, it says right there, uh, you don't have to list every little thing. You don't have to just keep talking. You know, the Bible says that God makes sure every flower is clothed, okay? And we are God's prized possession. So if he's taking care of the flowers, he's definitely going to take care of us, you know. Um, Part of the quiet of quiet time is listening. Okay, we have to listen to what God has to say to us. And God does not generally speak out loud. I've never heard God, like, speak out loud to me. Honestly, that would freak me out. Even now, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. But if God ever, like, spoke out loud to me, I, it would probably freak me out a little bit, you know. Um, okay, but, you know, it's the Spirit's leading. And, and, and the biggest way, the best way to listen to what God has to say is right here. Okay, oop, there went my notes. Okay, is right here. This is God's letter to us. It's a love letter from God to us. And so if we want to know what he has to say, the Bible is the way to do it. You know, so we have to spend some time in our quiet time actually being quiet. Okay. We have to listen to him and read his word and read devotionals. And that's where we get that kind of thing. Okay. Now we get into verse nine and and some of you might've recognized verses nine through 13. Okay. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. What is that? What is that part of the, yes, ma'am, a prayer, but specifically which one? 
The Lord's Prayer, right? Jesus said, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. It is called the Lord's Prayer. I memorized it when I was a five-year-old in straight arrows, um, way back in Royal Ranger days. Most of y'all don't know about that. But uh, you know about the Royal Rangers? There's my man. I was straight arrow of the year when I was five. I'm just saying. Yeah. All that means I could do like John 316 and this and the Ranger Code, and I still can do. Ready, ready for anything, ready to work, play, serve, obey, worship, live, etc. Anyways, yeah, whatever. The etc's there. Now they took it out. I don't believe in that. Um, but stick with me here. So this next section is the Lord's Prayer. And so it starts, we know kind of the setting for prayer. We know we should be quiet. We should be by ourselves. And we know we have to take some time listening. But when we do start to pray and we do start to talk to God, what does that look like? It starts off with our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? Anybody? Holy? Yes, ma'am. What does it mean? Righteous, yeah, no, it's not Harry Potter hallows, not deathly hallows. I knew somebody was going to say that. Okay, hallowed means valued or holy or very important, okay? So he starts off, we're talking about knowing who God is. You see, before you talk to, before you have a relationship with somebody, you kind of got to know who they are, right? And so that's what he's talking about here. At the beginning of the prayer, it's like, okay, who is God? God is holy. God is huge and important. Okay, God is, God is humongous, and God created the world, but he still knows how many hairs are on your head, the Bible says. The Bible says that before you were even born, when you were in your mother's womb, he knew you, and he was forming you and creating you. Okay, so, so we've got to know that this crazy huge God who created the universe and the stars and stuff also knows us on an individual level and cares about us. Okay, that's super cool. So we have to know who God is first and foremost. We've got to get some perspective on God as well as we can in our jacked up human minds. I mean, we can only do that so much, but we got to do our best there. Okay, verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, this tells us that it's who, who's it about? Who's prayer about? Who's our relationship with God about? It's about God. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but yeah. It's about God. We see, see, we're saying, okay, God, above all else, your will be done, right? It's not about me. It's not about what I want, and we all have kind of things that we are wanting and hoping for, but our whole relationship is about him. Again, he's the creator. He knows us. He knows what's best. Remember last week we talked about um, following the person with the jacked up vision of the person who could see Right? Remember we did the thing where you had to lead somebody around or follow somebody around? Yes, that was just last week. Okay? Yes, Emmy was there. Yeah. So, so you know, God is the one with the perfect vision. So for us to follow our own ideas doesn't make much sense because we all have stupid ideas, right? We all, like, we're all, we're all dumb. Let's be honest. We're all dumb sometimes, okay? So this part of the prayer is all about saying, okay, God, you know what? Whatever is going on in my life, I want you to have control. I want your will to be done. Okay, moving on to verse 11. You notice this is the only part of the prayer um, where, we, where we ask for something, really. This is really the only time when we're asking for something. And it's the shortest part of the prayer. It's just give us today our daily bread. Shortest part. Give us today our daily bread. Okay, this is just a prayer of provision. Simple, you know, God, make sure that I got what I need to survive. You know, we talked about a second ago, he takes care of the flowers, and he's definitely going to take care of us, and he knows our needs, so we don't have to spend hours and hours of our prayer time asking for things, because he knows what we need before we even ask about it, okay? So this is the shortest part. I, you know, when you guys are in your quiet time, you're having prayer time, I, I, we try not to spend too much time on that, because God knows. He's going to take care of it. 
and he's got an answer. It may be no, it may be yes, it may be later, but, you know, but whatever you're, and we can ask for things. I mean, you know, the Bible says for us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. But prayer is not about a laundry list or a list for Santa. It's not a birthday list. Okay, okay, Jesus, here's what I want. You know, I want a Ferrari and a mansion and an N64. Oh, no, I went back to 12-year-old me. And an Xbox 5 or whatever they're up to now. And uh, Xbox One, they went backwards. They went from 360 back to one. Uh, you know, and uh, for me, it would be like, okay, Lord, I want a Les Paul and I want a new guitar, and I want a drum set. No, that's not what praying is about. Praying is not about God's shopping list, okay? That's not the whole point of prayer. So don't spend too much time asking for things because Jesus knows what you need already, okay? Moving on to verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Okay, this is a big one here. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is the part where we ask for forgiveness. How many of you guys have done something wrong today? You got angry, you, every hand ought to be up. We're all jacked up. Come on, yeah, every hand ought to be up, okay? You either said something you should have or you thought something you shouldn't have, okay? Or you did something, like all of us do this every day. Okay, you can put your hands down. All of us do this on a daily basis. There is nobody perfect, no, not one. That's scripture as well. It's in Romans. I think it's in Romans. It says, there is no one perfect, no, not one. All right, we're all jacked up. This is the part of the prayer where we say, okay, Lord, I screwed up today. I'm sorry, you know, and we, and we ask for forgiveness. Now, I do want to take a minute here and pause here because um, if we're doing the same things over and over and over and just having him wipe the the board clean so we can do it again, you know, get the slate clean so we can dirty it again. That's not really the point of this. And, you know, if we're loving Jesus and we're in a relationship with him, he'll be changing us to be like him. Okay, we talked about that last week. And so I do want to kind of, th- you know, it's not just a, oh, okay, Lord, I did that again. Sorry. You know, you know how when you say you're sorry, but you don't mean it, right? Like when your parents make you apologize to your brother or sister, you're like, sorry. Right? And you know what I'm talking about because you're, you're not sorry at all. Sorry I kicked you in the face. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> what? She says sorry I kicked you in the face a lot or what? Or she's just sorry in general. Oh, yeah. You know. Right? What is it? I'm sorry I took the toy out of his hand. Right? You're not really sorry. Okay? That's not what this part is about. And I also want to check this out. So, so in the Old Testament, when they got forgiven of sins, what did they have to do to get forgiven of sins? Anybody know in the Old Testament? Yes, hope. Now, this is the Old Testament. That's New Testament. You're with me. Sacrifice, right. Lambs and goats and birds and stuff. If you ever want to read, yeah, in the Old Testament. This is Old Testament now. We don't have to do this anymore. I'm going to get there. But in the Old Testament, you go back and read like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. That's what they had to do. You know, I remember when I was at camp, I may have shared. I don't know if y'all have heard this story. I like having new young people here because y'all haven't heard all my stories yet. Um... But uh, so I say some of y'all have. So when I was at camp, I was about eighth grade, I guess. I don't know. We, uh, we wouldn't go to sleep in, in our dorm room. Some of y'all have heard this. Just, shh. Okay. So we, we wouldn't go to sleep, and our, and our counselor got really mad, Pastor Hal. He was like, if y'all don't go to sleep, I'm going to read Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy is the most boring book of the Bible. Or maybe it was Leviticus. It might have been Leviticus. He's like, 
He's like, I think it's Leviticus. Now that I mentioned, he's like, I'm going to read Leviticus, and it's the most boring book in the Bible, and y'all will go right to sleep. And so finally, he did. He he's sitting in the doorway with the light on behind him, and he's reading. He starts reading Leviticus, and Leviticus starts off with like, and they had to slaughter the bull and cut its neck, and it bled all over the altar. And so we, being like eighth grade boys, are like, dude, that's awesome! Like we're all excited because you know, blood, and we're, you know, we were dumb. So I say all that to say. That was the Old Testament way of sacrifice. You know, in order to be forgiven, they had to sacrifice a lamb. Well, Jesus came as the sacrificial lamb, so we don't have to do that anymore, thankfully. How many of you guys don't like blood? You freak out at the sight of blood, okay? I know. You're good with it because you have to poke yourself all the time. Um, But we, you know, we don't have to do that, thankfully. Jesus was the sacrifice, so we can ask for forgiveness of sins and, and, and that's all we have to do. But again, it is about life change, and Jesus will change us to be like him if we'll let him, okay? Now, the second half of verse 12 is very important, too. second half of verse 12 is very important because it also says what? As we forgive our debtors. We have to forgive the people who do us wrong. I mean, if you right now can think of somebody who's done something to you recently and you're mad about it, okay? Almost all of us, okay? We have to forgive those people. Okay, we ha- yeah, we have to. Okay, the Bible says that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Okay, so we have to forgive those people, and so we have to ask for God's help for that sometimes. Sometimes it's not easy to forgive those people. You know, um, when I was in high school, a couple of friends of mine got in a big fight, and he threw a vacuum cleaner at her, and it was a, it was a big hairy deal. Yeah, um, I, don't t- I wasn't there. I, I just know... Um, yes, the dude threw a vacuum cleaner at a girl. Yeah, he was tripping. Um, I know. So I don't think it actually hit her. I think he threw it in her direction, but still, the intent was there. Anyway, dude had issues. But, uh, and I, I really think she still hasn't forgiven him. Like, honestly, you know, we're, it was our senior year, which this is the 10th year. Yeah, it was right around this time because it was during marching season. So it was fall of 2003. It's been a decade. I really think she hasn't forgiven him still. Okay, but that's not good. We have to forgive people. We can't let that kind of stuff because when you don't forgive somebody, they have all the power. Okay, so, so we don't want that. We have to forgive them and God will help us do that. So that's the, that part of the prayer. And then the very end of the prayer is what? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, this is a prayer of protection. All right, we live in a jacked up world with stuff happening, right? You know, there's all kind of crazy stuff. Just today I saw on Twitter, last night there was some old Southern Gospel concert in Tennessee, and, uh, and uh, there was a bus full of senior citizens driving home that wrecked. Yeah, like this happened in Tennessee last night, like a bus full of some, that's right, you know, pray for the old people. And we live in a world where, Crazy stuff happens, and so it's a prayer of protection here. It's okay, God. We, you know, we live in a jacked-up world. Keep us safe. Let your will be done kind of thing, you know. Keep us from tem- I think some of them did. I don't know if all of them did, but some of them did, yes. Some of them did pass away. Um, right. We're all going to die unless Jesus shows up before then, uh, which is possible. But, uh, yeah. But so far in this world, there's pretty much 100% death rate. Everybody dies. So, uh, anyways, you know, so lead us not to God, protect us from the stuff in this world, protect us from temptation and those kind of things. Okay. So here's the deal. I, I want you to notice though, how much of this prayer is about us? One or two little chunks. Okay. Somebody said all of us. 
Some's about God. Some's about us. Yeah, most of it is God-focused, okay? You know, there's a provision. There's the give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it all comes back to God. It's all about what God does for us. It's not about what we can do for God. And so I want you to notice when you're in your quiet time, okay, we, you know, we've we got to get quiet, which means you've got to, you got to put your stuff away. You got to turn TV off. Maybe shut your computer around. I was going to say I don't do my quiet time on my cell phone, like with my cell phone Bible, because I'll get texts and notifications and I'll get distracted. And I, you know, you've heard me talk about that before, probably. Um, I prefer to use either my iPad or my actual uh, hard copy of the Bible um, because of that, because it's less distracting. Okay, so you got to get someplace quiet and and undistracted. Um, and then uh, you know, don't focus on you, man. It's not about what God can do for us, it's about God wants to do, just period. You know, this whole world is, you know, there have been billions of humans in the history of earth. And, and each one is important, and God created each one of us. But, you know, there's a bigger plan than our own. Okay, when I was growing up, or when I was learning to drive, my dad always, always used to tell me, look at the big picture, look at the big picture. And when you start learning to drive, you'll hear this. Because it's not about just your car. When you're driving... You got to be aware of what that dude is doing, what the people coming this way, what the dude in front of you, if he's going to stop, and the dude behind you, if he's coming too fast. Okay, you got to be aware of everything around you because it's not just about us. And even in this, even in our quiet time, it's about God's bigger plan. So I hope you guys have a quiet time. I hope you do that on a regular basis. And, uh, and maybe this will help you have a better idea of what that means, okay? And if you forget any of this, you can look it up in the YouVersion app. Uh, if you need me to show you how to do that, I can show it to you. It's really quick and easy. Um, yes, ma'am. Or the 714 prayer app is awesome. If you don't know what to pray for, yeah, 714 prayer app is really good. Um, it's, both of those are available on Android and iPhone or iPad or whatever, iOS 6, 7, which, whatever you got, Play Store, any of those things. Huh? iOS 7 is an update. iOS 6, well, it was an update from 5. Anyways, um, stick with me here. So if you need to know, if you want notes or you, you, you forget some of this, just holler at me. I can get those to you. That's quick and easy. Um, I'll make sure that you get those because I want you guys to have an effective, quiet time and prayer time, and I want your relationship with Jesus to be alive and vibrant. So, all right, let's pray. I went longer than I planned to. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this night. Thank you for the time we get to hang out together and to learn about you and to dig into your word. God, I pray that we would remember these things that we've looked at tonight, God, that we would have that quiet time and that our time with you would be effective and would be enjoyable and would be pleasant, God, and, and we would learn the things that you want us to learn, God. I pray that we would not focus so much on ourselves, but we would focus more on you, Lord, and that in our, in our quiet time, you would reveal yourself to us and we would get to know you better in the relationship that you want for us. God, I pray that you would bless these guys. Let them do well at school. Let them do well in their sports and in their academics and in their extracurriculars. Let them be an example to those around them and be a good reflection of you and the love you have for us. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.